Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning at New Life back online. I am sure looking forward to the day when we can all gather together again and uh, in God's presence and in one another's presence. Uh, but until then, we're going to make the the best, uh, make the most of what we have. And uh, we can still grow in the grace and the knowledge of God's word. We can still hear the word. We can still worship. And so uh, l- let me pray as, as we begin. Father, I thank you for this Sunday morning. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I thank you for every person listening that there is no distance in the spirit. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is working in hearts and minds and giving us the ability to see, to know, and to understand. Lord, help me to communicate with precision and, and say the things that need to be said. Help us to hear and know and understand that which would encourage our faith and cause our hope to stay alive and our joy to stay full. So we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share a message with you today that if you want to put a title on it, you could call it uh, Prayer, Praise, Proclaim, and then Power and Provision. And so I want to go through some verses. Uh, I hope I don't run out of time. I have a lot I want to say. So hang in there with me as we run through a lot of this. I want to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And Paul is talking about the children of Israel and, and the challenges that challenges that they faced when they came out of Egypt and as they were going into the through the wilderness and a lot of negative things that they were going through a lot of opportunities uh, where they had missed it where they had walked in disobedience and rebellion and stubbornness and so I want to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6 and then verses 11 and 12 this is in the passion translation it says now all these things serve as types and pictures for us lessons that teach us not to fail in the same way in the same way by callously craving worthless things all the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture and example that provides us with a warning so that we can learn through what they experienced for we live in a time when the purpose of all the ages past is now completing its goal within us so beware If you think it could never happen to you, lest your pride become your downfall. Well, Paul, you know, as we look at these stories, he said, listen, these stories, these lessons that are given to us, the reason these things are written is so we have an example that we can learn by example. And and we have good and bad examples. So we can look at where people missed it, where they did it wrong. And allow that example to be a warning to us that we do not follow in those steps. And we also have other examples of faith and hope and obedience and diligence that we can imitate that example and also reap the benefit and the positive that would be an encouragement into our life. So what I want you to see is these things that are written are written for us as an examples. The negative that we do not want to follow, but the positive that we want to imitate and benefit from it. Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 7, also in the Passion Translation, says, Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us how to live. 
The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. That's certainly appropriate right now with what you and I are going through. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, not just endurance, but while you're enduring and persevering, there's comfort in that, grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then with unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners, just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. See, that's just great verse to let us know that we don't do life alone. Nobody does life alone. We do life together and we're stronger together. But I want to go back and just repeat that one part of the verse that the scriptures impart to us encouragement. In other words, courage, strength to live, and inspiration so we can live in hope and endure all things. And that God is the source of our endurance and our comfort. So I share these things so we do not fall into the trap. As I go into some of these stories that I want to share from share with you that you go, ah, you know, I've heard that story before, or that's just a no, another story from the past. Uh, God's Word is not just a history lesson. It's a reminder of how God works and how people call upon Him and trust in Him. And it's also, as we've heard, instruction in how to live. So let's examine how God moves on behalf of His people, and let's respond in hope and faith and so you and I can expect to see, even in, in the days that we are right now, the challenges that we faith, face and the uncertainty that's, that comes our way, that we can expect to see the goodness of God. Psalms 27, 13 says, I would have lost heart. Uh, another translation says, I would have given up. I would have quit unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Everything that we share, everything that we communicate, Every bit of teaching or encouragement that comes on, on the New Life Thread for you is so you would not lose heart, so you would not give up, so you would not quit, so your soul would not settle in silence, but that you would believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want to begin with uh, going back almost to the beginning in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, uh, verses 7 through 10. And this is when Moses is having an, an encounter with God after the, after the burning bush. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up from that land to a good and a large land. I like the fact that it says God has come down to bring his people up and out. I believe that the same God the same Jesus that you and I worship, you know, Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, yesterday, today, and forever, that the presence of God, the power of God is coming down on our behalf to bring us up and out of anything that would cause us to lose our peace, lose our joy, keep us in bondage, or bring an oppression to us, to bring them to a good and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, and all these other rites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. There's a cry. There's a prayer that has come to him. 
And he goes, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And I'm going to jump ahead to verse 20 and 22. He said, so I will stretch out my hand and I will strike Egypt with all, all my wonders that I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. You shall put them on your sons and your daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. We see that God hears the cry of his people. He said, I have come down to bring them up and to bring them out. I'm going to demonstrate my mighty power in the land. I will redeem them. I will rescue them. I will deliver them. And then I, when I bring them out, I will bring them out with provision that they shall not lack. They will be clothed and they will come out with abundance. We see a cry. We see a prayer. We see power. We see deliverance and we see provision and we see prosperity come to a nation that has been in Egypt for over 400 years. When we get into the later part of Exodus, Moses takes two trips up into the mountain. The first trip he takes up into the mountain, and God sends him down and says there's problems below, and when he goes down, he sees the children of Israel have created a golden calf. And and they begin to lift it up and say, this is the God which delivered us out of Egypt. I believe two things grieve the very heart of God when the children of Israel did such a thing. Number one, it was not a golden calf that brought them out. It was the God of heaven and earth. It was the creator of heaven and earth. It was the God of Israel that brought them out. Secondly, when he brought them out, he blessed them. And the first opportunity they have to use their blessing their gold and their silver, mostly their gold, is they use it in a false direction and towards a false God. If you and I are going to use the blessings of God, let's not use it in a false direction, in a false way. Let's first use it in honoring God. After Moses straightens everything out, he goes back up to the mountain. The first time he goes up to the mountain, he receives the Ten Commandments. He breaks the tablets in anger. He goes back up, receives the law, and this time when he's on the mountain... He receives instructions when he comes down to build a tabernacle. And the first thing that God tells him to do when he comes down the second time is to take an offering among the people. This time they get to use the blessings of God that he has brought into their life when he delivered them to use it to build a tabernacle because God wants to dwell in the presence of his people. Now, I want you to see this in Exodus 36, beginning with verse 2. Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and the artisan in whose hearts the Lord had put wisdom, and everyone whose heart was stirred to come and to do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the making of the sanctuary. So they continued to bring to him freewill offerings every morning. This is the people. All the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing, and they spoke to Moses saying, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord has commanded us to do. So now Moses gives a commandment and calls it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let no man or woman do any more work 
for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing. I think this is every pastor's dream where you have to tell the people, please don't bring any more. We have too much. We have more than enough for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to, to be done. Indeed, too much. Now, remember the first part of our conversation we started. God says, I have heard the cry of my people. I have come down to bring them up and to bring them out. There is a cry. There is a prayer. It is heard. God comes. He comes in demonstration. He brings his power. He delivers them out. And then he prospers them and blesses them to the point that now the, the way that they give and what they have to give is more than enough. 1 Kings chapter 17. This is a story of Elijah. Elijah, at 1 Kings chapter 17, this is after Elijah has challenged the prophets of Baal, where he has called down fire from heaven. It has consumed the sacrifice. He has killed the prophets of Baal and demonstrated that God is the one that needs to be served. And he speaks to the king. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, he's the king, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, and this is pretty bold, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now, he's speaking to the king, delivering a word from the Lord, and he says, at my word, it will not rain nor have dew for three and a half years. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, get away from here, turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from that brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there by the brook. Listen, God has a place for you. It's a place called there. And when you're in the right place, God's provision will be for you there, using ravens to feed him. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. I would encourage you in time of great challenge, do according to the word of the Lord. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there, there had been no rain in the land. Listen, we all come to situations and circumstances where natural resources dry up. And many people are experiencing that kind of challenge now with no ability to work or go to work or paychecks. And the resources that we had trusted in and relied upon, the jobs that we had, the income that was coming in, it's not coming in. And so right now, natural resources dry up. I want to encourage you today, and I'm not trying to sound super spiritual here. I'm just looking to God's word. When the resources of earth come to an end, the resources of heaven do not. Remember, when Paul was talking to the Philippians, he says, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. See, I've commanded a widow to provide for you there. So he went and he went, he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please also bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She turned to him and said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I only have a handful of flour in a little container. 
and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. <laughs> this woman does not have much. She's ready to eat her last meal. Talk about the last supper. This is going to be her last supper. And if you're the prophet, you might be thinking, God, you're sending me to a person. You've commanded, you've commanded a widow to provide for me. This woman doesn't have anything. She has one meal to eat and she's supposed to provide for me. And, and God is wanting the prophet to see beyond the woman, Elijah, I'm your source. I choose to use different people, but I'm your source. And this woman is the most unlikely source. If you were God, maybe you would send your prophet to the, the, the richest businessman, the, the largest uh, uh, person who owns a store or whatever, and in the town or the city, somebody who has substance, not a widow. She has no husband. She has a son. She's going to eat her last meal and die. And this is the person that you choose to provide for your prophet. Now, I don't know if the prophet's going, oh, man, I'm in trouble now. But he tells her, do as you said, but first come and feed me. Wow. I can just see that now. That would go online and people would say, prophet steals last meal from poor widow. <laughs> do not fear. Do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, bring it to me, and afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour will not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. You see, we have the word. We have a proclamation of the word. We have a demonstration of God's power. And then we have provision that comes throughout the rest of the famine, that there was no lack in that house for the woman, the son, or the prophet. So we see proclamation, we see the word, we see power, and we see provision. Now, I want to continue in the story it says, now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious, there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what, I, what do I have to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring me my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? In the culture in those days, if anything went wrong with you, most people thought that it was punishment from God because of past mistakes or sins. And he said to her, give me your son. So he took and carried him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and he cried out to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord. What's he doing? He's praying. O Lord, my God, I pray, let the child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper room into the house, gave him to his mother, and Elijah said, See, your son lives. Prayer, proclamation, 
speaking forth the will and the word of God. Power, not only in multiplication of resources, but the restoration of life and provision. Provision was more than the stretching of food throughout the famine. It was the extension of the life of the son of this widow. When God brought Elijah to the widow, the most unlikely source of provision, he did it for the sake of the widow and her faithfulness and obedience not only stretched the provision that she did not lack, but she had in her house someone who would also be able to pray and breathe life back into her son. You talk about prayer and power and provision. The provision of food is one thing, but the provision of an extended life is wonderful and glorious. Her obedience brought provisions to her house, her belly, and to her son. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let's go to another story. This is about Jehoshaphat. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others, besides them with the Ammonites, they came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And so we have this huge army assembled against Jehoshaphat. And he gathers, gathers the people of Jerusalem and Judah together. And he goes before the Lord and he says this, Lord our God, the God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before us and you have given it to us? And we stand in your temple and in your presence and your name is in this temple and we cry out to you in our affliction. And he says, and you will hear and you will save. And he says, look, look at all of these people that have come out against us. They have come to destroy us. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? And then Jehoshaphat says this, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You know, in the church, we're in a situation now, I don't know when we're going to be able to gather together. It's not easy as churches are, are working and believing God to continue to function and, and stay alive. I thank God that that our, that our building is paid for. My heart goes out to churches and places that, that they are renting, and I pray that the grace of God abound in these churches. There are business people, many of you that are watching, and, and you, you're in a situation, and you, you're saying, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We have no power. It's beyond our ability to change the present situation. And we really don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We have no power against this great multitude. It says the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. And he said, listen, all of you, of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem and king. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed. I would want to speak that to you today. I know the situation, there's, a, there's, there's many variables of the unknown, but do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed of this, because of this great multitude, of this uncertainty, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He tells them, go down against them tomorrow, 
They will surely come up by the incentives is. See, he knows where the enemy is coming from, and God will give you direction how to confront that which comes against you. He says, this is the direction that's coming, but you will, you will find them at the end of the brook. But you will not need to fight in this battle, but position yourselves. Said, so you see, the ability to fight and overcome it is not yours, but the positioning of yourself does belong to you. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear, do not be dismayed, but go out against them. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, with all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And then all the people rose early in the morning, and they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went out, Jehoshaphat, the king, said, Hear me, O Jerusalem, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Receive the instruction of the Lord, and let it prosper you. Believe in the Lord your God, you will be grounded, you will be established. Believe in the prophets, believe in that prophetic word that comes to you, and you shall prosper. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army, and they were saying, praise the Lord. Before the army, not behind the army, before the army, because they weren't trusting in, in swords and bows and shields and arrows. They went out before the army saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against all of this great multitude, and they fought against each other until they were all destroyed. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, and they looked towards the multitude, all the world were dead bodies, fallen to the earth, none had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuable and jewels, and they could not carry it away. And they were three days in gathering the spoils. That which came upon them to destroy them, to overcame them, and Joshua went before the presence of the Lord. He says, this, it's, it's beyond us. It's beyond our ability. We don't know what to do. And he got a word from the Lord. There was a prayer. There was a cry. And then there came a direction from the Lord. There was an obedience. And out of that prayer, out of that cry, and out of that praise came a demonstration of God's power. After the demonstration of God's power, we see a provision and a prosperity common to the people of God that it takes them three days to collect the blessing, to collect the provision. And they renamed it the Valley of Baraka until this day, which means the Valley of Blessing. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. After Peter and John had been arrested by the religious leaders, after the crippled man had been healed at the gate beautiful, and after they had been thrown in jail and then threatened, then they were released. And in Acts chapter 4, it says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they had heard that, See, I like this. It said they went to their own companions. Another translation says they went to their own company. I'm so glad that we have our own company that we can come to and we can 
come together and pray. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. And they said, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage? The people plot vain things. The kings of the, of the earth have taken their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined to be done before. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness, we may not, that we would speak your word. We're not going to back up. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to shut up. We are going to advance regardless of their threats. God, give us boldness to declare, to pray, to praise, to shout out, to make a proclamation of your word, that we may speak your word with boldness. The multitude of those who believed. Now says, wait. That with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed with one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among who lacked? For all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed as people had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. Prayer, power, provisions. In every one of these stories, we see prayer, we see proclaiming, we see praise, we see a demonstration of God's power, and we see provision, and we see God's prosperity. Psalms 105, verse 37, it says, He brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble, not one weak, not one sick among the tribe. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them had fallen upon them. And God spread out a cloud to cover them by day and a fire to give the children of Israel light in the night. The people asked and he brought forth quail. He satisfied them with bread from heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It ran in dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy and his chosen ones with gladness. Let me ask you today, what word do you have in your heart today? What prayer will you release towards heaven today? What proclamation will you make over your home, over your family, over your business, over your mind that will bring peace, where you will declare the will and the purposes of God out loud? What praise will you release and give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good? bringing the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Psalm 67, verse 5 says, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. 
Then the earth shall yield her increase, and God, our own God, shall bless us. I want to encourage you from where we started in Genesis all the way through the Bible. We see when there is a heart cry, when there is a prayer, when there is a praise, when there is a proclamation, we see the power of God come in demonstration. When things are beyond us, when things get shaken, and right now, a lot of things are being shaken. Natural things that we have trusted in, avenues and streams and people's provision has been challenged. And when we don't know what to do, maybe, and I'm not saying that this virus is from God because I do not believe it is. I do not believe sickness and disease is from God. I do not believe evil is from God. The Bible says every good and every perfect gift comes down from above for whom there is no variation, not even a shadow of turning. I believe that God is good and he only does good. But I believe that when we invite him in to our situations, when we invite him into the midst of our pain, our confusion, and our uncertainty, he can take a bad situation and he can turn it around. And what was intended for our destruction, he can make it good. I believe that when there is a praise upon our lips, there is a prayer that comes forth from our heart. There's a proclamation of his word and his will that we find in his word, a prophetic word that we declare over our situation. We invite God into our situation, into the unknown where there's a weakness on our part, where there's an inability on our part, where we've done all that we can do and it's now time for God to do all that he can do. When natural resources dry up, heaven's resources never dry up. You may be in a situation now that is beyond your control, but it is not beyond the hand of God. It is not beyond the breath of God. It is not beyond the spirit of God. I believe that through prayer, through proclamation, through praise, you and I will see the power of God in demonstration. Can I explain it? Can I rationalize it? No. Do I believe it? Yes. And I believe the provision of God will be seen in our lives. The Bible says in Psalms 35, verse 7, let them shout for joy who favor my righteous cause and let them continually say, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity, the provision of his servants. 3 John 2 said, beloved, I pray, I wish, I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It's my prayer for you today that your soul would prosper that your mind and your will and your emotions would be at peace, that you believe in the character of God, that he is unchanging. Malachi says, I am the Lord God, I change not. Jesus, in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. All the good that he's ever done that I can read about in the gospels and in and, and reference to him throughout the epistles, that is my Jesus. He's seated at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. And the Bible says that the ear of the Lord is open to the cry of the righteous. That's you and I. Your prayer is important. Let me read this in closing. In James chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then God told Elijah to go and pray again. In verse 18, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Let me tell you, 
by the direction of the Lord and by the direction of his word and the leading of his spirit, allow the word of God to flow out of your heart, come off your lips and declare it before heaven. 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. It's my prayer today in your situation, in your home, in your hearts, in your families, that there is a place, that there is a prayer. There is a praise. There is a proclamation. And you will see a demonstration of God's power. And I believe that his provision will be seen in your life because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all of these verses that we read goes back. The scriptures were given to us as an encouragement and inspiration that we can live in hope and endure all things. Now, may God, the source of great endurance and comfort and grace, be upon you, your home, and your family. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.